After nearly 10 years as the executive director at a healthcare nonprofit, Katrina Homer left to pursue a new career path rooted in her passion for vintage housewares. Welcome back to Thanks It's Thrifted, a podcast about secondhand style, thrifting, and sustainable living. Today, Katrina Homer, owner of Evelina Vintage, shares her story with us of how she became sort of the family historian by soaking up the stories and starting to collect vintage housewares from past generations. Keep listening for a new episode of Thanks It's Thrifted with Dina and Shannon. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Dina. I'm Shannon. We have a very special guest with us today, Katrina from Evelina Vintage. I say that right? You did. We kept saying Evie in our heads. and mm-hmm. I, I thought it was Evie. Because yes. of Evelyn. Yeah. Yeah. So my grandmother's name was Evelyn on my mother's side, but she called herself Evie. And then Lena is my great grandmother on my paternal side of the family. So both of them kind of inspired my vintage shop and I felt helped me kind of get to this place of running my business. So I wanted to honor both sides of the family through naming my business after them. I love the name Lena. I know I know a few Lenas. It's one of my favorite names. Absolutely. Me too. I fell in love with it. I didn't learn it until more recent years. Fortunately, passed before I got a chance to meet her. But as soon as I learned her name, I was just instantly in love with it. I love that it's after your grandma's. That, yeah. That's really sweet. Thanks. So how did you get into thrifting? Tell us your thrifting background, your antiquing background, all that. I have always really loved kind of hunting through vintage and antique shops in particular with my family in the past. Always, I think, been a little bit of a historian in the family. I love knowing like the history of how pieces are made and maybe who owned them and what they were used for. Um, That's always intrigued me. I've always been a lifelong learner, but I really didn't get into thrifting until I started running my vintage shop, um, which happened just about a year and a half ago. And um, really started at Savers here locally and have had such a fun time, like digging for those treasures, looking for those vintage pieces that kind of fit my aesthetic and that I know my customers are looking for. And I really love the thought of giving these things a second life. Do you have a favorite thrift store that you go to like weekly or do you just go all over the place? I go all over the place. I'm willing to drive several hours (laughs) to go for the best thrifts or an antique shop or an estate sale, garage sale. But routinely, I am hitting the local savers um, a couple of times a week. I happen to have a great location close to where I live um, where they have lots of great inventory that refreshes very frequently and the store is really put together nicely. So that's probably my favorite thrift store. Let's talk a little bit about your shop. So we know it was named after your grandmother's. How would you describe the shop to somebody who doesn't know about it? I found myself really gravitating towards a vintage and antique glass. So that's definitely become kind of my specialty. And I would say primarily American glass. Um, So some of my favorite makers are Viking, Ellie Smith, Fenton, but absolutely have a great love and appreciation for brass as well. And I think brass and glass look so beautiful together. But I do source all things like pottery, art, um, just things that really speak to me and I think would be in my own home. And I really try to always look through that lens. You know, what would I be styling in my own home? And I do share a lot of how I style things in my home on my Instagram page as well. Yeah. 
So speaking of your style or in your shop, I thought we'd do a little game of this or that to help listeners better understand kind of your vibe and your taste. Okay. All right. You want to do the first one? Milk glass or brass? Brass. A bowl or a vase? A vase. (laughs) Amber or green? Oh, that's tough. (laughs) You know they're my two loves. Probably Amber. (laughs) Garage sale or estate sale? Estate sale. (laughs) Wait, I want to add one. Mushrooms or gnomes? (gasps) Mushrooms. Not (laughs) until I saw the Viking mushrooms in person and just really fell in love. I would never have called myself a mushroom person prior to finding a Viking mushroom in person. Oh, you found one? I actually have had the chance to have every single color that Viking made in my shop um, within the last several months and wow. kept the amber set of four for myself. I still have three colors left to go that are coming for sale in my shop. Oh my gosh, where where have you found them? All at the same type of place or all different places? I actually had the opportunity to get to know a gentleman that had a private collection of I have to imagine it was close to 400, 450 Mm. pieces of Viking in his home. Wow. And I visited and privately shopped on three separate occasions with him. um, And I was able to take away just over 100 pieces from his collection and bring them to my personal collection and through my shop. Wow, that's so cool. How did you come across somebody that had all that stuff? Through Facebook Marketplace, Uh, I saw a listing for some Viking swung vases, which is something that I sell often through my shop, and I missed out. Someone else had gotten to them first through the Facebook listing, but then I saw on the seller's page that they also had a curio cabinet for sale, (laughs) and peeking in close at the photos... I saw some glimpses of what looked like other Viking pieces. So I just started asking questions. I said, do you have any other pieces that are for sale that you haven't listed yet? Here are the types of items that I'm looking for. And this woman was uh, selling on his behalf. And she said, he has all of those. Would you like to come to the house and meet with us and see the things in person? So I said, absolutely. Start the car. Let's go. (laughs) So it really was about building a relationship. Um, So I spent about two hours with them on that first visit and uh, just continued to keep communication open. And as he was ready to let pieces go, um, they kind of thought of me and I was able to come out two more times. Man, talk about a true treasure hunter, like just an eagle eye zooming in, (laughs) looking at things in the background. That is so funny. So speaking of Facebook, I noticed that in a lot of your posts, you do post that you find really awesome things on Facebook Marketplace. So do you have any tips for listeners on how to find and source things, whether you're shopping for yourself or a resale shop, what are some of your tips for shopping on Facebook Marketplace? Absolutely. I mean, I'm not going to give away all of my tricks, but (laughs) two things I will share. I have the best luck very late at night or very early in the morning. So as I'm laying in bed, like winding down my day or starting my day, I immediately jump on Facebook Marketplace And then also think of keywords that maybe are misspelled a little bit. I was able to find a beautiful bittersweet vase 
by spelling it V-A-C-E and <laughs> got it for a great deal. That's really <laughs> so funny. Those are two tips that I am willing to share. Oh, that's, that's, that's those are good. Yeah, those those are, you can't top those two. No. You know, one thing I noticed about Facebook is that the algorithm really works in your favor. Like if I look at something once or even if I search for it or just even click on something, not even search for it, then Facebook is like, oh, that's what you want. Here are a million listings like that. Like right now I'm looking for the toy kitchen for the kids. And now all of a sudden it's like Fisher Price, Fisher Price, Fisher Price. I'm like, I clicked on it one time. So I think the more you use it, the more it recognizes what your interests are. I mean, I think it's one of the best algorithms compared to like eBay and all the other resale marketplaces. I find that as well, you know, and you got to take the good with the bad. And, yeah. you know, Facebook is listening to you. So I know. <laughs> accept the good, which means they are going to help you find those items that you're really looking for. Yeah. That's so cool. I'm excited for you that you found the mushrooms. When you first started, did you have a learning curve? Going to the thrift store, I know that when I have in my head that I'm going to sell something, then I buy a little bit of everything. Did it take you a while to figure out exactly what you wanted to sell? And did you buy things that maybe ended up not being something you wanted to sell? Absolutely. I think that everyone that ever opens a shop or starts to resell has done this. Um, you know, you see something sell well in another shop and you find one, especially in a thrift store at a great price. And you're like, well, I have to buy that. It, it sold well. And so I look back at some things I bought you know, maybe a year and a half ago when I got started. And I'm like, gosh, I would never be selling that now. It's not true to who I am. But I have to say my learning curve, and this will be a little plug here. My apologies, but I have to talk about it. My curve was not as steep thanks to Dina's course. (laughs) I did not tell her to say that. I promise. (laughs) Yeah, we just, we had a great little group and I was learning so much, um, you know, through the program that she'd put together, but just chatting with other folks that were getting started on their reselling journey. But Dina, of course, told us right from the beginning, like source what you love and source what you know. So it didn't take very long for me to like really let that sink in um, and really start to focus on things that like sparked joy for me that I could see in my own home that if I was stuck with it, it didn't resell, I wouldn't really mind. Yeah, yeah. And Shannon, that that's a really good question because one of the things that I remembered you said in our course was your initial inventory was your grandmother's, right? Absolutely. Yeah, she had passed in 2020. And as I kind of started to think about actually taking the step to start a vintage shop, um, I spoke with my family and they were absolutely in support of me taking things from her home and starting to resell them. So it was really going through her home, uncovering treasures that were in cabinets and drawers that I have never seen in my entire life. And, you know, learning the history behind those pieces, seeing that they were being sold in other vintage shops and going, oh, my grandma has that. Oh, I know exactly where that is in her house. So that was a great start, obviously, as a small business owner to help keep expenses low. But she actually had a lot of really beautiful things that are highly sought after, that are things that I love. And I had already taken the things that I wanted to keep within the family And I hated to think of the rest of her things just kind of being moved out in one big bulk. 
you know, estate sale or headed to a donation. So it's been a wonderful journey to be able to incorporate her pieces into my shop. Speaking of estate sales, had you ever gone to an estate sale before you started your business? And did you find going to estate sales, you felt intimidated at first? So I actually have a kind of funny experience with estate sales. My very first one was actually my elderly neighbor. She passed away, unfortunately, about two and a half years ago, and they were going to host an estate sale. So of course, especially being right next door, like you have to go and check it out. And I do have this deep love for vintage. So I popped over there. Luckily, I did get a number very early in the morning because her house was absolutely packed. She had apparently been an antique dealer at some point in her life. And her home, unfortunately, was a bit hoarded. So they weren't able to get through everything in her estate in the first sale. So they actually had three. And I was able to go to all three my vintage shop or starting my own small business was nowhere on my mind at this point, but I did take a lot of beautiful items for my own personal use and collection from her home. And it was about six months later that I really decided to take that plunge of starting my own business in the vintage world. And of course, I immediately kicked myself for <laughs> not making that conclusion six months earlier. <laughs> so you mainly collect and source and sell housewares. So vintage glassware, that tends to be the bulk of it. So my first question is, do you have any tips or resources that would be helpful for people to learn more about that? Like me personally, I'm not very knowledgeable when it comes to vintage housewares. I don't know a lot of the names, a lot of the pieces. Shannon has taught me so much about all the different glassware brands. And so I think it can be intimidating for some people who like this kind of stuff and want to thrift it. Where would you even start to kind of research this stuff? Yeah, I think first off, don't get intimidated by the amount of information out there because even as a vintage shop that kind of specializes in glass, I learn something new absolutely every single day. I am constantly seeing pieces or makers that I have never heard of. And that, for me, is part of the joy of running the shop, is the constant learning and educating yourself. But some great places to start, I think, are on Instagram, following other like-minded shops. I learn so much by watching live sales every night. Mm. You know, I spend hours. I hate to admit that out loud. I spent hours watching other people's lives to like really learn from them. The community is such a great resource. But then some of my other favorite things to do are to purchase glass research books. Um, so there's a lot of great guidebooks out there huh. and um, really start to like comb through them. I discover patterns made by uh, glass makers that I am familiar with that I had no idea that pattern existed. And so next time I spot it, then I'm easily able to say, oh, I know that's Viking. So that's a lot, of, a lot of time spent too, but it can be really enjoyable and you don't have to sit there and like read the entire book at once. Mm -hmm. And then uh, online, there's a great resource if anyone happens to be interested in Viking glass, particularly there's a website called vikingartglass.com and it is a $25 membership annually to subscribe. But then you have access to the entire catalog of the website, and it not only gives you photographs of all of the pieces, but as much history and then as much trading information from past sales 
as the host has kind of compiled there together. So that's been an incredible resource for me as well. I love that things like that exist. Yeah, it's really really cool. cool. Mm Mm-hmm. I can't believe like that there's a subscription service. You know what I mean? Like that's really neat. Yeah. I I do feel like that's a good segue to my next question because how has the response been since opening your shop? Because you specialize in something I would say pretty specific, right? And how has the response been and why do you think these things are so popular right now? Because it feels like there's kind of a cult following. Like I come across a lot of these posts on Instagram, like the swung glass and the swung vases and all that. And I'm like, man, this is like a whole subculture, sub community out there. Absolutely. I mean, I think there are lifelong collectors of glass, but Glass is definitely having a moment right now, you know, in vintage and and antiques. And so um, it happens to be what I love as well. So it's been a wonderful journey to be able to kind of bring these pieces to my shop and kind of specialize in that. I do think that glass can be used in so many different ways. It can be very functional. It doesn't have to be just display. I mean, we don't recommend putting actual water in your swung bases, (laughs) (laughs) but a lot of pieces are really functional. I use some very high-end makers, glass candy dishes as bathroom organization. I have a Fenton daisy and button ice bucket that I have cotton pads in to take makeup (laughs) off. I have a Fenton hobnail candy dish that has my Q-tips in them. And as I take one out every morning and lift the very pretty little lid, it just makes me feel special and it's a good start to my day. That's so cute. I want to see all of your stuff. You sound so fancy right now. (laughs) I am a bit fancy. (laughs) My customers do get a good little laugh at me on my lives when I do kind of share things like that. They're like, you have black diamond point in your bedroom holding your hair ties. What? <laughs> but but I love that, Katrina, because I like trinkets and things like that and glassware and vases and dishes and bowls. But I don't buy a lot of them because I don't know what to do with them. So that just like opened up a whole new door for me because I love to hear how you utilize it for like instead of using the Q-tip box, put them in a pretty little you know, dish with a lid. Like, that's so cute. Right. Duh. How did I not think of that? We're in trouble now. I know. <laughs> like, you do. You see so many beautiful ones thrifting. And I'm like, okay, this is pretty to look at, but I don't know what to do with it. Right. I got to wait till my kids are older, though. They'll destroy all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it is meant to be functional. Of course, we don't want to break anything. But I just think things are meant to be used and loved. And so if they do break, it's totally okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. There's just more there. I have one friend um, who has bought several pieces from me, kind of small trinket dishes, many of them pottery or glass that totally are breakable. And she has two little ones, but she uses it to like corral little tiny toys, like when they're done playing, because they might not have time to like put everything away exactly where it needs to be, but it helps keep things a little bit more organized and it looks prettier, you know, if someone is coming into their home. So there might be a little glass dish with like some Legos in it. (laughs) That's cute. That's cute. What are some of the challenges that you faced as a collector and shop owner and just thrifter in general? Certainly, you know, the challenge of constantly finding new inventory. You know, there's a lot of people out there that really love thrifting for many different reasons. And so, you know, it can be a bit of a competitive (laughs) area. And so, yeah, you've got to be willing to like be consistent, um, you know, 
have a lot of different resources where you're going for thrifting or diversifying where you're looking for items between, you know, garage sales, estate sales, thrifting. You really can't count on inventory being anywhere. So, of course, that's a challenge and kind of something you have to always be working through. And then I think primarily selling through a social media platform like Instagram, you know, it's battling the algorithm, you know, finding those tricks to help get your content seen. Fortunately, you do hear from so many folks that love you, follow you, that they didn't even see that post, you know, that you did and you spent maybe hours making. So kind of constantly adapting to the Mm -hmm. social media platforms if that is what you're using for reselling. So the reselling temperature right now is interesting. I don't know if you've noticed this, but there's definitely been a shift in how small vintage and resale shop owners are viewed. And there's like team, yes, all for it. And then there's a new generation coming up that's like very anti. And I wondered if you've sensed any of that, or if you're kind of in a different sub community where you haven't really come across a lot of that conversation on social media? I would say I haven't come across a lot of that yet. And I think because maybe my area is so narrow between the like vintage housewares community and then the sub community of the vintage glassware community, (laughs) that it really hasn't come across too much to me. But I also think I move through running my shop and doing what I'm doing with kind of just my head down about I'm going to do what brings me joy and I'm passionate about and focused on, you know, the right people will find and I'll focus on those people and we'll build this little community together. And if someone doesn't want to support what I'm doing or doesn't understand what I'm doing, that's okay. I'm not for everyone. I don't have to please everyone through my small business, but I have built an incredible community in support of my shop. And it's been like such a joy in my life to have now. That's a really good perspective to have. What a great attitude. Mm -hmm. I I love that. (laughs) Yeah. What is the furthest place you've ever driven to find gems? Canada. Wow. I wasn't expecting that. Stop it. Well, like Toronto? So we went up to Niagara on the lake. Um, (laughs) You know, it was half birthday trip, headed to some wineries and some fun meals. But let's be honest, it was really all about the sourcing. (laughs) husband is incredibly supportive of my small business and as a surprise he had actually mapped out antique stores between Cleveland and Niagara on the lake and we like made a little path on the way up and then did some incredible sourcing around Niagara on the lake and Niagara Falls Um, so that's probably the furthest but I've often sourced through New York my family's in northern New York so we always about double our road time now when we travel up there I've got some go-to stops along the way. And then his buddy has a cabin in Michigan. So that's been a little bit more of our recent road trips is kind of that path up through Ohio and Michigan. That is so fun. I cannot believe you said Canada. I know our listeners want to know, those who are considering opening a vintage shop specifically with home goods, how do you store your items? This is the number one question I get in classes and all that kind of stuff. Oh, wait, before you answer, I feel like I've seen it online on Instagram and her husband built something and she has like the most immaculate storage area, like in her garage or something. Am I right? So my husband and I are both very organized people. (laughs) We do like things to have their place and to be put away. 
So our basement does kind of look like a storage unit slash store, as friends (laughs) of mine have said. Uh, So we do have some large cabinets that we just picked up at Sam's Club for a really reasonable price that do have some great metal doors and shelving on them. Um, And then I have some open shelving um, that has a lot of my glassware on them as well. But I do try to organize kind of by category. So all of my milk glass pieces are together. All of my candy dishes are together. So that when I am pulling inventory for like a live sale on Instagram, it's a little bit easier to find the inventory. I think it helps keep me a handle on what I do have in inventory instead of accidentally buying two or three of the same thing without realizing oh, you already have that and it hasn't sold yet. Maybe you should put that down. (laughs) Been there. (laughs) We've all been there. (laughs) Oh, that's great. That's really cool. Do you find that you sell a lot when you do Instagram live sales or is it equal to what you sell on Etsy? Etsy is actually a very small portion of my business. So I keep my Etsy shop active. I try to list at least one item a day, but mm-hmm. it's a very small percentage. Last time I ran the numbers, it was about 18% of my sales. Oh. Um, my friend called it one time my Filene's basement. So <laughs> kind of things that don't sell on Instagram yeah. get pushed over there. Or I may pick up some specific pieces for my inventory that I know the -hmm. demographic market over there is a little bit different, and that piece would sell well there, but really not over on Instagram. Um, So the bulk of my sales are through Instagram and primarily live sales. Um, I'm trying to do about one a week at this point, and you know it depends on a lot of factors (laughs) on how successful the sale can be, but. We usually run for about two hours. I find that after that, I get a little nutty. (laughs) I turn into a pumpkin. Yeah. (laughs) But I would say that my sales versus like a collection drop on my feed, I will make anywhere from four to 10 times the amount of revenue from doing a live sale. Yeah, that's great. After you do an Instagram live, it's like this high, because you use all of your senses when you're on live. Like I don't do it often because I'm like, oh my gosh, my brain is on fire and you're reading and you're talking. It's a lot of work to hear you say you're on there for two hours. I would lose my mind. (laughs) That's really impressive. It's not easy to do at all. No, it does take a lot of energy, you know, the prep in advance, but particularly again, like being on and you're almost performing, you know, keeping people entertained in addition to showing beautiful items. Um, so it's great to be able to also collaborate with other shops. That's what I love about the Instagram lives. I have built these beautiful friendships from across the country, and we know each other very well now, and just really through this Instagram live experience. Um, so it's great to partner up with shops that maybe have like a similar aesthetic to you. But I think the most important thing is finding people with Um, the right energy that kind of match with you and you just can like have great banter and like play off of each other. For me, that's kind of the most important fit. I have a a burning question for you. What is the best deal on the coolest item that you've ever found? Ooh, that was probably pretty easy. On my Canada trip, (laughs) we were in Western Pennsylvania. We stopped in a little antique shop We were wandering through the shelves and everything was very overpriced, like just even overpriced at retail price, to be honest. And then there was this little gold item. The tag said, what not dish? It was $16, but I knew what it was. 
it was one of those individual petal ashtrays. <gasps> That's it. We were just looking at that today. We couldn't believe how gorgeous that we was. Were like, we were like analyzing every picture. I've never seen anything like that <laughs> wow. before. So that the one that I have in my shop that just went for sale today is actually the second one that I found. Oh, wow. And the first one that I found for that $16 it sold on my Etsy for $398. <gasps> Dude, we're in the wrong business. That's so cool. What a great deal. Wow, good for you. That's great. Tell everybody where they can find you online. Absolutely. So a lot of my activity is really on Instagram at Evelina Vintage. But then I am also on Etsy. And then I'm also selling on eBay now. And then very soon I will be selling on Whatnot's. And then just for fun content, I'm also on Facebook and TikTok. And all of those platforms is just Evie Lena Vintage. It's so nice catching up with you. And I'm sure our listeners are going to have so many more questions. So if you do, just leave a comment and we'll have Katrina or me or Shannon get back to you. And check out the stuff in the shop. The one of a kind, beautiful, beautifully curated pieces. You do uh, such a great job. Oh, seriously. I've been stalking you like ever since you popped up. You find the coolest stuff. You're the first person that I ever saw. You had to wait in a line for an estate sale. And I got really excited about that, like watching you go through that. Yeah. So you find the coolest stuff. I love following you. Thank you so much, you both. I really love your shops as well. And I often give credit to Dina and her course when I'm talking to other resellers about just giving me such a great start, a good foundation. It helped confirm some of my thoughts and ideas for my shop and then gave me some great resources and tools that I didn't even know I needed. I appreciate you always spreading the word. I mean, you've been my biggest advocate, so I really appreciate it, and thank you so much. It was really nice meeting you. So nice to meet you. We'll all have to hit up a thrift store and estate sale together soon. Yes. For sure, for sure. All right, take care. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. For episode show notes, head to dinasdays.com slash podcast. You can find us on Instagram at thinksitsthrifted.pod. And I'm on Facebook and Instagram at dinasdays. And you can find Shannon at Fat Don't Crack. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.